0: Well, hi everybody and welcome to Kingsgate. It really is uh, great to see you. I trust that you're well, trust that you've been enjoying the uh, Sunday services and finding them as uplifting as I've been finding them. And particularly this sermon series, Jesus Is. Uh, We've been looking at these uh, wonderful uh, I Am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And the statement that we look at this week is no less incredible uh, than the others we've looked at. As we see in John chapter 11, verses 25 to 26, where Jesus says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? It's an incredible statement where Jesus first makes a claim to having resurrection power and then makes a challenge to his listeners to say, do you believe this claim? I don't know how you've been getting on in uh, the lockdown. Um, We've had our fair share of challenges like everybody else, but we've also had some pretty good times. Uh, I think last time I spoke to you, I told you that we'd uh, celebrated our first lockdown uh, birthday. That was the uh, uh, birthday of my uh, youngest son, Isaac. Uh, And just this last week, we celebrated our second lockdown birthday. It was my wife, uh, Becky's birthday. And we had a a wonderful time together. Uh, Both took a bit of annual leave so we could enjoy the day. Uh, Opened up her presents in the morning, so it was great to see that surprise on her face when she opens up those presents that she told me to uh, buy for her. Uh, And then we had just a lovely walk out in the sunshine. And as I was walking along with my wife and my two little boys, um, I was watching them walk ahead of me in the sunshine at one point. And I was just thinking to myself, I was just reflecting on how blessed I felt, how happy I was. But I was also reflecting on the fact that it hasn't always been like that for me. In fact, if I remember back to 2006, at that point, I'd kind of given up on life somewhat. Not to sound too morbid about it, but I didn't really think I was living life at all. Uh, Really, I was just existing. But then around that time, somebody invited me to church. And for a reason unbeknownst to me at the time, I decided to say yes. I came along to church. I met Jesus Christ. And I experienced his resurrection power. He breathed new life into me. He quite literally resurrected my spirit. And along the way, resurrected lots of hopes and dreams and thoughts of any chance of happiness that I'd kind of given up on along the way. All to say, my answer to Jesus' challenge is, yes, I believe this. Because I'm not talking in his resurrection power today about something just abstract. I'm talking about something that I have experienced in my own life. And my job today is to encourage you to believe for his resurrection power in your life as well, either for the first time, if you've never come to know Jesus, or if you do know Jesus and you've experienced his resurrection power, I'm sure, like me, you want to experience all the more, then I want to encourage you to believe for more today. And to help us do that, we're going to look at John chapter 11, uh, not just the statement itself, but the whole passage around it. Because very helpfully for us, not only does Jesus make a statement to say that he has resurrection power, he also demonstrates his resurrection power by raising a man named Lazarus from the dead. And in just a moment, we're going to watch a video scripture reading of the whole passage. But just to get you up to speed, uh, Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha, who have actually called for Jesus's help called for Jesus to come and heal Lazarus while he's sick in their hometown of Bethany. But Jesus delays, and he doesn't actually arrive in Bethany until four days after Lazarus has died. And it's there that we pick up the story. So please watch this.
1: On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go.
0: that an amazing story. Wouldn't it have be, been incredible to be at the tombside of Lazarus and to watch him actually walk out of his grave, to be in the presence of Jesus Christ and to know that you were in the presence of somebody with the power over death itself, somebody with resurrection power? Well, I want to encourage you then to believe for that resurrection power in your lives today uh, in two particular areas. First, I want to encourage you to believe his resurrection power in your everyday life. And then to believe for his resurrection power in your eternal life. So number one, let me encourage you, uh, believe for his resurrection power in your everyday life. I don't know if you noticed, but when Jesus actually first arrives in Bethany and Martha comes out to see him, he actually basically tells her exactly what's going to happen. In verse 23, we read this, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now, for us who know the story and from our vantage point, it's very clear he's basically giving her a spoiler here. He's going to tell her exactly, he has told her rather, exactly what is going to happen. But she misunderstands him. The very next verse, we see this. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. See, Jesus is telling her what's going to happen, that he is going to raise her brother from the dead before her very eyes. But she misunderstands him. And thinks what he's talking about is that event uh, that Annabelle told us about just a couple of weeks ago in her wonderful message, the resurrection from the dead, which will occur on the last day at the end of human history, when Jesus comes back and all who've believed in him will be raised and will live on the new heavens and the new earth. In other words, Jesus is saying, Martha, I'm going to raise your brother up in a few moments. And Martha is hearing him say, I'm going to raise your brother up in a few millennia. Now, why is it that she misunderstands when, from our vantage points, it's very obvious what he means? It's quite simple. It's just beyond her comprehension that he could possibly mean he's going to raise Lazarus from out of his tomb right there before her very eyes. It's just not on her radar that Jesus would... Yes, she thought Jesus could heal Lazarus before he died. But now it's like she's thinking, well, this is beyond Jesus' capabilities. This is beyond her comprehension. And here's my question to you what Lazaruses are there in your life? What things are there that you think are dead and buried and beyond Jesus's capabilities to do anything about? Maybe it's some hopes and dreams that you once had that have died. Uh, Maybe it's your marriage or finding joy in your marriage that is your Lazarus. Maybe it's a sickness, either your sickness or a loved one, someone in your family, uh, whatever it may be, maybe that's your Lazarus or maybe the prospect of getting a job, particularly in this current situation. I want to encourage you to start believing for his resurrection power that we might roll the stone away and start seeing some of those Lazaruses come back from the dead and come back to life. Why is it that we do find this difficult sometimes to believe for this resurrection power in our everyday lives? There's at least a, a couple of things and I think we can see them here in the story. The first thing I think is simply the limitations of our imagination. We just can't conceive that Jesus would be able to do these incredible things. I think that's what's going on with Martha here. But I want to encourage you, says us in uh, Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. When was the last time you prayed for Jesus to do something that was beyond your imagination? So I think sometimes, because of the limits of our imagination, we fail to believe for his resurrection power and therefore we never make those requests of him. Let me encourage you to pray some big prayers to move beyond your imagination, to stoke your imagination that you might believe for his resurrection power. But other times, I don't think it's the limits of our imagination so much as it is, if I can put it this way, the legacy of our past experiences. In other words, that sometimes we have uh, prayed to Jesus for things, and perhaps those prayers have gone unanswered. And as a result, it puts us off believing for his resurrection power in the future. And again, I think we can see this with Martha and Mary in the story. After all, we're asking them to believe Jesus is going to raise their brother when just a few days before they asked Jesus to heal their brother, but he didn't come. And we can see the disappointment in this past experience for them. I don't know if you noticed, but both of them said almost word for word the same thing to Jesus when he finally came to Bethany. We see it in uh, both their cases in, various, uh, in a couple of the uh, verses. Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Can you feel the disappointment and the sadness in their voice there? You know, they would have seen Jesus heal other people and they knew that Jesus loved Lazarus. They'd been thinking, why would Jesus possibly not come? And then he turns up. And let's be honest, sometimes we've felt like that. We've thought, why would Jesus not answer this prayer? Surely he wants to. I've felt like that about things. that sometimes prayers have gone unanswered. Now, sometimes, like in this story, it's been my experience that Jesus has come through at the 11th hour. Or as soon as this is after death, maybe we'd say the 13th hour. But sometimes the prayers have just gone unanswered. But what I've tried to do in my life, is not let those past disappointments put me off believing for his resurrection power for my future. And the way I've done that is this. I've simply told myself that no one knows the answers and perhaps won't know before eternity why it is that some prayers get answered and some prayers don't. But one thing I can tell myself is if I'm ever tempted to think the reason my prayer went unanswered is because Jesus doesn't care, then I can rule that out straight away. And if I'm ever tempted to think that, I only need to remind myself of this story because we can see what happens when Jesus sees Mary and Martha and sees all the others uh, mourning around him. We can see how it affects him in verse 35, the shortest verse in the whole Bible. We read this, Jesus wept. Now, I must admit to you, the first time that I uh, read that verse in this particular passage, it didn't particularly move me at all. It just went over my head, to be honest with you. But a few years later, I read the story again, but this time in a different translation. I was reading Tom Wright's translation in his little commentary on the Gospel of John, John for Everybody. And when it came to this verse, he translated it not as it traditionally has been, as Jesus wept, but instead as Jesus burst into tears. And I must admit that when I read that for the first time, so did I. Because all of a sudden, I really understood what was going on here. See, haven't you ever thought, what would God feel about this particular situation? It's hurting me so much. What does God feel about it? Wouldn't it be great if God could put on human flesh and we could put him in that situation and see how he reacts? Well, this is exactly what happens here. We see Jesus when we see the effects of sickness and death. And what does he do? He bursts into tears. Can I say this to you? Jesus cares. When you cry, he would cry when you're hurt about something, chances are he'd be hurt about something. So when it comes to thinking about past disappointments, I want to encourage you. It's a mystery as to why some things get answered and some things don't. But always remember, Jesus cares. It's not that he doesn't. And don't let that stop you from believing from his resurrection power in your future. So let me encourage you. Let's lift off the limits of our imagination. Let's not let the past put us off praying for wonderful resurrection power in our future. But as well as praying for or believing for resurrection power in our everyday life, I also want to encourage you from this passage number two, let's believe for his resurrection power in our eternal life. Believe for his resurrection power in your eternal life. Yes, of course, what happens for Lazarus here is something that happens in this life on this earth. But actually, this whole story is a sign, it's a picture, it's a foreshadow of that event to which we've already had occasion to refer, the resurrection from the dead. What Jesus does for this little family by raising Lazarus, he is going to do for the whole believing cosmos. We read in John chapter 6 and verse 40, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day Jesus will take everything that has died and he will bring it back to life all those that have put their trust in him and had their sins forgiven why will he do it this way why resurrection why bring death back to life I'll tell you why because Jesus hates sickness and death and he loves vitality and life and actually we can see this in his reaction in this passage Not only that Jesus weeps, we also read a couple of verses before uh, when Jesus goes in to see Mary. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Now, I have this on good authority. I've read lots of commentaries about this. That translation is a little weak. Actually, it would be better translated to say that Jesus was irate. He was angry. Why? Because Jesus created the whole world and in the original created order there was no room for sickness and death and now because of our sin and our betrayal of God, our turning our backs on him because sickness and death has come in, Jesus has come to earth and he can see right in front of him the effects of sickness and death and he hates it, he's angry about it. In fact in a a short time and just a couple of miles down the road he will actually do battle with sin and death on the cross, on Good Friday, and on Easter Sunday, he will raise from his own grave, his own resurrection, in victory over sin and over sickness and over death. Jesus is angry about this because he knows what he's going to have to go through and he knows what it's putting everybody else through. I want to encourage you, be on Jesus' side in this. Believe for him. Don't you hate sickness? Don't you hate death? You know, if it ever happens that you get a diagnosis for a family member, don't you come away just say, I hate cancer. You know, Becky and I were lying in bed the other night having to decide whether we send our child back to school. And I was just thinking to myself, man, I hate COVID. Don't you know how he feels about this? Don't you understand that this world is never as good as it was meant to be because it's been polluted by sin and by sickness and death. And Jesus in this resurrection story is going to put... All of it right, put it all back together again. This world is not the best that the Creator can do. That is what's going to happen in eternity on Resurrection Day when all are raised. I'm something of a, a movie buff and I remember a, a few years ago there was a bit of buzz going around about a, a particular movie. It was an unusual movie really because it was a documentary and was getting all these accolades poured out about it, and it was actually being released at the cinema, which is unusual for a documentary. And it was meant to transcend the medium, be this wonderful do- It was called Senna. It was about the racing driver, uh, and Senna, I'm not, I'm not big into racing driving, uh, but I enjoyed Formula One when I was a little boy. I used to love and follow uh, Nigel Mansell, and Senna was one of the greatest drivers ever, and he was one of his rivals. And I was watching on that very day when Senna crashed into a wall and sadly died later that day. So I was interested to watch this. I never got round to going to see it in the cinema, but one day I was um, around someone's house and I was nosing through their DVD collection uh, when I saw this movie and I asked my mate if I could borrow it and he uh, kindly said yes. And so one evening I, uh, I opened up the DVD box. I got one of the discs out and I, I put it in and I started watching this documentary. And it was all right. It was pretty average, to be honest with you. I was really surprised at all the accolades that this particular movie had received because it was nothing more than average. I mean, it was okay. But I didn't really get why everyone was going on about it. I was really sort of thinking, is this this what everybody on all this buzz was all about? So rather disappointedly, at the end of watching it, I uh, ejected the disc and I went to put it back in the DVD box, at which point I noticed there was another DVD in the DVD box. And actually it turned out that the other DVD that I hadn't watched was the main feature. That was the film. What I'd watched was actually some behind the scenes making of documentary. In other words, I'd been watching kind of the preparation, the behind the scenes type stuff and I'd missed the main feature entirely. I'd been there thinking, is this what everyone's on about? Is this the best that the creator of this documentary can do? Obviously because it's a documentary I didn't notice. And yet the whole time I'd missed the main feature. As I had to give it back to my mate when he came around a few days later, I never actually got round to watching it. So I can't tell you whether the main feature, uh, what it was like. All I can tell you is from everything I've heard, it's brilliant and much, much better than what I watched. And what I want to say is, that's what this earth is like right now. If you look at this earth and you think just how fragile it is and how all of a sudden just this, this disease can all of a sudden just make us realise that you know, it's, it's in a real fragile state and could fall apart in a moment... If you look at our bodies and you think how so fragile are we that we have to keep two metres apart and you think, is this the best that the creator could do? I want to tell you, no, this isn't. This is just the, the making of. It's just the preparation. Actually, the main feature is still to come. And I haven't been there yet. I haven't seen exactly what it's like. But all I can tell you is from everything that I've heard, it's wonderful and it's far better than what we're going through now. You must believe for his resurrection power for eternity if you're ever going to truly understand just how wonderful the creator is and what he can do. So let me encourage you to believe for his resurrection power for your eternal life. But maybe you've never taken that decision to believe in Jesus. Maybe you've never trusted for his resurrection power to resurrect your spirit in this life and trusted in him to resurrect you on that final day that you might enjoy eternal life in him. Well, if that is you, I'd love to give you the opportunity right now by praying a prayer which you can echo in your hearts that you might come to know Jesus and put your trust in him, that he might give you resurrection power right now in your spirit and secure your eternity that you might be resurrected and live with him forever. So if you just want to echo this prayer with me, Lord, I turn away from a life led without you. Please forgive me for anything that I've done wrong breathe new life into me, resurrect my spirit and come uh, to let me know you as a loving heavenly father. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You now, if you prayed that prayer, we would love to help you with some next steps. And there should be a link coming up on the screen. If you look at that link and uh, follow where it takes you as soon as you can to let us know what that decision was and so we can help you with some next steps. We would love to do that for you. Well, it's been great to be in your homes. Thank you very much for having me. I'm just going to hand over to the band now for our final song.